Hey folks, PC here from Wrestling With The Truth and Wrestling With The 80s. I'm glad you're enjoying another fantastic episode by Dwayne and Steve. If you love the Armchair Booking Podcast, I think you'll enjoy my shows as well. Once you're done this episode, why don't you check out Wrestling With The Truth? It's a wrestling podcast that's a mixture of the modern product and old school memories from someone who's been a fan for 40 plus years. It's available on all your favorite podcasting apps and even on YouTube. Finally, if you're looking to relive the 80s, check out Wrestling with the 80s on YouTube as well, where I focus on old school matches, legendary territories, and crazy characters. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any great content. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Stunning Steve Barber. Joining me as always is my awesome co-host, the intellectual rock star himself, Delicious Joylan Davis. Hey, everybody. And as we promised last Thursday when we did a preview of Crown Jewel, now we're going to do a review of Crown Jewel. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. By the way, I think most of the predictions were um, accurate. Yeah, I think I got, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if I missed one or not. Hmm. I don't think I did, but I'll when we get into it, I'll figure it out. Um, oddly enough, I think the very first match I think we both missed because um and, and we're and I'm gonna do this in the order that the matches happen because last week of course I did it by the order of the Wikipedia. Wikipedia yeah. Yeah. Because didn't know I mean, well, we knew what the main event was gonna be, but right. yeah. uh, we didn't know the rest of them. Uh, I was a little surprised at some of the order of the matches, but, um, you know, but overall, I mean, uh, I know we were talking about this before we started recording. I mean, what do you think of the show itself overall? Uh, I thought it was a pretty good show. I actually, I thought it was one of the better ones they've put on in the past few months. So, but they always treat, you know, they always treat the crown jewel shows like kind of like WrestleMania because it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, for for the crowd in Jetta. So, uh, yeah. But I thought it was I thought it was a really good show. It was there wasn't a match on there that I felt like would have been better suited for Raw or SmackDown. No, I, I agree because uh, I was even thinking that while I was watching it because that's because we we keep catching that all the time. So now when I'm watching yeah. the matches, I'm like. All right, this better be better than something I could have watched on SmackDown for free. Yeah, it's like could I, I could have watched this on YouTube and got the highlights and not have to sit through the whole match. But there wasn't one of those on this show. There really there wasn't a bad match on the card. There was some mm-hmm. that had a had some flaws, but which it's there's never a perfect wrestling match. There's always something. No. So, um, and I know at least there was at least one botch that's been all over videos you know on youtube mm-hmm. and then there's another botch nobody's talking about and I'm like really and it's because it was on the, the it was during the pre-show match pre-show, same, yeah yeah 
uh, Sami Zayn and JD McDonough. Uh, and I do like what you said about JD McDonough. Uh, we're recording. Dude was selling like Mr. Perfect. Oh yeah, he was channeling Mr. Perfect in on that selling that that one turnbuckle spot where he like <laughs> bounced and <laughs> yeah, it's like he's just around there spinning like a top, and it's like somebody's been watching Kurt Henning matches before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one thing that J.D. McDonough did not do correctly was Sami Zayn yeah. was doing a monkey flip he and rotate. Yeah. he didn't <laughs> rotate. There was no flipping to that. Uh-huh. You know, and it, it, you, you saw him kind of catch it the last minute, like, oh, <laughs> and then yeah. kind of remember, yeah. oh, time to rotate. And even the commentators, you know, they even said, he forgot to rotate. And yeah. that could have been dangerous. And that could have been, yeah, I was like, yeah, well, I know I was watching it. Going, like, mm. You think so? It's like, yeah, the, and like you said, there was one botch that has been all over social media. But to give credit to that, it was also a hell of a recovery on yes. that. Also, we'll get into that. But yes, um, you know, a lot of people are like, "Well, so and so was out of position." I I went back and rewound that spot probably four or five times to see if he was out of position. He wasn't. It was just one of those things where it looked like Ray didn't get enough spring off the ropes. Right. And so, I mean, and I guarantee you that wasn't Ray, you know, phoning it in either. No, so, absolutely not. No. I mean, that's one of the things where, hey, it happens. Um, yeah. And like I said, Logan, you know, we'll, we'll get into that one on that match. Logan Paul, though, was right there and yeah, did the right thing. And so, for you some, know what? For some, yeah, especially for somebody that's eight matches into a wrestling career to have that, you know, that wherewithal to spot what was about to happen and Mm -hmm. protect his opponent speaks wonders of the type of performer that Logan Paul already is and has still yet to become. Yep. And they didn't panic. They didn't say, oh, Mm -mm. what do we do now? I mean, he got it and they, like you said, hell of a recovery. Mm -hmm. And but, but the... The first match, Sami Zayn, J.D. McDonough, we both thought J.D. McDonough probably should win because Sami really didn't need it, mm-hmm. but they had Sami beat him. Now, I don't know, was that to appease uh, the crowd in Saudi Arabia because they love Sami Zayn? I mean, it could be. They they probably didn't want to see Sami lose, and they, you know, management's probably like, well, I mean... We're over here to please them, so mm-hmm. give them what they want. And although I do think that J.D. McDonough could have done, you know, he needed the win. He did need the win because he's just been, he's been cannon fodder for the Judgment Day. Yeah. He's just been, <laughs> he's been taking all the hits for them. And it's like, the guy's good. I watched him mm-hmm. in NXT UK and NXT, and he's really good. I wish they would let him show what he's capable of being instead of him just being a stooge for the judgment day. Well, I mean, he'll be in the judgment day uh, soon enough. Um, and I mean, I thought the match itself was good. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a good match. You know, I didn't see, well, I, I do think the reason why they had it on the, the pre-show was to get people to actually watching the pre-show again. Probably. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, no match. I ain't watching this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. wait until you know thing comes on. Um, but 
you know, so we were both kind of wrong about that prediction. So we weren't yeah. perfect. We weren't perfect. Got that one wrong. You know, so that just ruined the rest of it. I mean, I uh, could cheat and say, well, it's pre-show, so. <laughs> 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 Depends. Um, if I get the other ones right, then it's like, okay, I, I'm perfect here. So that was just a pre-show. That that's a pre-show. Really you know, that, that, you know, that's like preseason football. Exactly. It doesn't count. Nobody cares count. about preseason. Oh, um, the opening match of the main card, which I'm always, you know, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre for the World Heavyweight Championship. Why would you have that as an opening match? There had to have been some kind of reason why. I think it's just, I think it was to get the crowd hot. I think it was to, because Seth is so over and the fans are so into his character and into that song. I think it was to to really get the crowd hot and that way kind of keep them that way because that crowd was hot all night. So I think Seth and Drew were sent out there first to, you know, get things going on a good note. Um, and they love so Drew McIntyre too. The crowd, oh, yeah, I mean, they, they were, yep. I still, I still don't agree with the champion coming out uh, first. My wife Boom. even said that. She's Thank like, why is, why is Seth coming out first? He's the champion. I said, exactly. Exactly. But that's just a old school gripe of mine. I think it's just a respect thing. The person who's the champion, the challenger should be waiting on the champion. The champion should never be waiting on the challenger. Exactly. And when, when Seth Rollins came out first, I'm thinking, Oh, we might see a title change because I have kind of noticed that a lot of times when they, yeah, they doing said, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that didn't happen this time. Um, nope. Like and, I said, I thought Drew should have won, but I knew I, I was almost, you know, I was almost positive that Seth would win. They're just not, they're not ready to take the title off of him yet. Plus, they need a reliable, I mean, to be honest, they need a reliable world champion on TV when Roman's not there. Right. And, and I mean, I think Drew could pull it off. I mean, right now they are pushing, mm-hmm. you know, the whole Drew is he's the Bret Hart of. Yeah, it's like era. he's it's a it's one of those slow burn heel turns. Mm-hmm. It's like I he, he is totally justified in his frustrations. But everybody thinks he should just get over it and move on. And he's like, I'm not ready to do that because I'm not over it yet. And nobody's understanding where he's coming from. And he just gets more and more frustrated every time. And then he lost to Seth. It's another frustration because, he, you know, he was in front of a huge crowd. Couldn't win the world title. There was no interference. You know, nobody nobody came out until after the match when Damian Priest was going to interfere. And then Sami Zayn stole the briefcase. I laughed <laughs> so hard at that. And... <laughs> Because as soon as I heard the music, I'm like, oh, he's cashing in. I was like, okay, maybe yeah. that's why they have it on first. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Sammy came out, well, hooded up first. And, I'm, well, yep. and all I saw was like a beard. And at first, I thought it was one of the Usos. You know, because Solo Sokoa, that's what they've all been doing. They've been coming out yep. with hoodies on. You know, they're whipping it back to real who they are. And all you see is a beard. Uh-huh. And but see, I thought yeah. it was one of them this time. I'm like, why are they coming out? He went there. It's Sammy Zayn. It's Sammy, yeah. And he took off with the briefcase. Yeah. I'm like, well, I guess he ain't cashing in. And, you know, and so here, 
and here's another hint at Drew's heel turn. He's mm-hmm. sitting in the back, stewing. Rhea walks up, looks at him, and just hunches her shoulders like, I told you so. Well, I offered you help, and you didn't want it because she she tried to make a deal with Seth and with Drew to have the Judgment Day, you know, back them up, and both of them declined it. And she's looking at him like, if you'd have taken my offer, you'd have been the world champion by now. So that's going to be another thing where, you know, Character-wise, Drew's probably thinking, I should have just listened to her and took the offer, and I could have been, I could have had the belt by now. That does kind of make me wonder, because if Drew's pushing the hole, I want to do this on my own without interference, mm-hmm. you know, would he join the Judgment Day? You know, and... I, 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 part of me is wondering if it's coming, because if they follow the Brett Hart path, Brett did the exact same thing, saying... I don't need interference and I don't need backup and all this. And then he built the heart foundation to rally around him and protect the title. Right. And, (laughs) and and he was leading the heart foundation. Yeah. He was leading the heart foundation. Yeah. So if drew were to join judgment day, you know, I, I I could see him doing it only if he is the leader. Mm Mm-hmm. Which that's going to butt heads because we all know Rhea is the the leader of that. Yeah, Rhea is definitely. So, yeah. Well, um, I thought it was an excellent match. Of course, you got two world class performers in there. It's like they're going to give you a good. They're going to give you an excellent match. But I thought it was a great match. They played up Seth's back issues. He sold well. You know, Drew sold his frustration every time Seth would kick out. Um. The Claymore spot was brilliant. I mean, the, the two and three quarters, you know, pinfall. And I, to me, there wasn't anything bad in that match. I thought it was an excellent match, especially an excellent one to start off the show. And, you know, it just added, cause, and we also, we did call that Damian Priest was going to come out to cash in. However, we did not call Sammy to take it off with the briefcase. Yeah, I did not expect Sammy to come snatch the briefcase and dip out to the crowd. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I was sort of watching, I'm like, and I'm pretty sure, you know, um, that my wife and my son heard me go, well, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, but, you know, speaking of Rhea Ripley, I mean, she was, uh, she successfully defended her title against four pretty heavy-hitting women. I mean... Yeah, you know, and this was whew. this this match exceeded my far exceeded my expectation. I mean, the talent was there. Mm-hmm. All five women are extremely talented. Zoe Stark is the new kid on the block, so to speak, but she did not look out of place at all. No, she, she looked didn't. like she belonged. Um, and because my problem is when you have that many people in the ring at the same time. There's too many people standing around waiting for the next spot yep. instead of interacting. And we didn't have that in that match. It's like, you know, everybody knew the assignment and they just went in and beating the crap out of each other. Their goal was, I got to pin somebody and win this title. And that's what everybody was going for. Um, Now, we did call Rhea Ripley winning. We were wrong about who ate the pin. I was wrong about who ate the pin, but it made sense. Yeah. It made sense for Shayna to get pinned because she was on the bottom of the dog pile. You know, Rhea does the 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 avalanche riptide on Zoe Stark. 
on to Raquel Rodriguez, who was pinning Shayna Baszler, and she shoves everybody out of the way and pins Shayna because Shayna took the worst of the the worst of it. That made it was completely logical. So in that instance, I'm okay with Shayna getting pinned because it made sense. A lot of times, people just get pinned, and it's like, what sense does that make to have that particular person get pinned? Right. When this person over here has been getting their butt kicked the whole match, they're flat on their back. Why not have them get pinned? Instead, you pin this person who didn't need to take that, you know, that pinfall loss. But this time, it did make sense for Shayna to get pinned because she took the most damage from the move. And I did like the spot where Shayna, she had the triple submission moves going on. Oh, I love that. And I loved Wade Barrett's comment. He's like, Shayna's running out of limbs or Zoe Stark would be, <laughs> would be tied up in a submission also. But uh, yeah, everybody did, you know, every, I thought everybody did great. You know, of course, I think Zoe Stark, I agree with what Michael Cole said on commentary. She's a future world champion. Oh, yeah. She's, you know, she's, she carries herself well. She's got the look. She's good in the ring. Everything's in place. She just needs, you know, she just needs to make her way up the ladder. But Rhea is a star. If nobody thought she was a star before that, look at the entrance they gave her coming out. Yeah, yeah, that's when I texted you. Yeah, and then just, she just, she's like, you know, They've got Rhea Ripley, and now they've got Jade Cargill on the books. Jade Cargill, we have always said since the first time we saw her in AEW, she just screams star. Just looking at Jade Cargill screams star. Rhea Ripley's the same way, especially you can tell Rhea's comfortable with all of it now. It's like she has found her rhythm, and she is just amazing. And one of the things I'm I'm on – Breezy, our, our our friend Breezy, I'm on her Facebook mm-hmm. page. She said something about the outfits they were wearing. Uh, you know what? Maybe I'm on the wrong page. Yep, I was. I was on her actual wrestling page, not her personal page. Um, da, 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 da. Where you at? Where you at? Oh, come on, Breezy. How many times do you post? Good Lord. Yeah, of course, most of my my page, including Bree's page, you know, stuff is full of who day, who day, who day. Yeah. But um, yeah. she said, the girls' full body gear sets look so good on Crown Jewel. I know it's not the norm, but I want one now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Um, I like it much better that they're able to come up with different, you know, come up with stuff that still suits them, even though they have to be completely covered. Because mm-hmm. before they just had to wear a bodysuit and a great big T-shirt. Yeah. When when they first started performing, women first started performing in Saudi. But now it's like everybody's getting to kind of put themselves part of themselves into their outfit. Uh, um, and Riley Patterson, mm-hmm. who we know by a different name, obviously uh-huh. she said she said, "Girl, do it. You'd look so good in it." And Bree said, "Yeah, I think I might." So. <laughs> There we go. Hey, Look for Bree to get go. some new gear made. And, there you go. And I know who uh, she just might go to to have it made for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. so. Um, but, yeah. I, I just, I do want to know one thing, though, from just 
wrestling evolution, I guess, like the, it's not that the move evolved, but the name all of a sudden has changed. When did a sleeper hold start being named as a Caribou to Clutch? Oh, it's only Shayna that they call it. They, they call it the Caribou to Clutch. It was a move that she used in uh, MMA. I, well, Joe, some old Joe, I mean, they, they said the same thing for him, too. Yeah, his is called the Kohina Clutch. Kohina Clutch. Yeah. It, it's a sleeper hold. It's, they're all a sleeper hold, but it's just, I think some of it, too, is what martial arts discipline you mm. go through okay. is what it depends on what the holds called. Cause I know Joe trains in martial arts and MMA, Shayna trains in martial arts and MMA, but it's probably just the depends on the discipline that you're training under. Uh, just like, you know, sting has the scorpion deathlock. Bret Hart had the sharpshooter. Yeah. It's the same. Think, exact same move. But I still, I still always thought sting did it better. Uh, well, one of the things I noticed, Sting always uses, he always puts the right leg in. Bret Hart always put the left leg in. That's mm-hmm. one of the things I noticed. And in fact, Owen also, when he would do the sharpshooter, yeah. he also put the left leg in. Uh, the Rock, I think, does the right leg, but the Rock's uh, sharpshooter is garbage anyway. It's, it's trash. <laughs> it's like his sharpshooter's trash, his crossface is trash. Just stick to your stuff. Yeah. Now, the, some, rock, some, the, now some, the Rock Bottom? Is, rock Bottom? Yeah. Fantastic. I yeah. mean, it's... It was the bookend first, but okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> but okay. But I mean. But it's a legit move. I mean, you could actually yeah. do a rock bottom in a fight. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying that would end the fight, but I mean, it would definitely, you'd hear the whole crowd going <laughs> like that. Now, the so, people's elbow is entertaining, but is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it really is. Uh, <laughs> if you go by strictly realism, I'm not laying there for 30 seconds. Well, you pose for the crowd and run back and forth. I'm going to get up and punch you in the face. I, I think the one thing worse than that might be the worm. Oh, God. I mean, don't or get me wrong. It is, it is entertaining. Or However, the caterpillar. Or the caterpillar, yeah. <laughs> now, now, that one's kind of yeah. fun to watch because Otis is a big boy. <laughs> That's a big boy, but it's like, why are you laying there waiting for this 400-pound man to fall on you? It's like, get up. Yeah. Move out the way. It's like in a horror movie when people are getting chased and they fall down and then just lay there instead of getting up and running away from the killer. It's like, get your butt up and go. <laughs> or, or my favorite part, you know, before I got to move on, I got to say this about the very first Friday, the 13th movie, the one girl, she turns around and sees, you know, of course we know it's Miss Voorhees. Yeah. And yeah. she just goes with her face like yeah. that. I'm like, yeah, she just stands there and whines. It's like, she's going to kill you. You know, she's coming to kill you. Go. Go, you know, get, get, don't just stand there and go. So, that's why I'm. That's why I'm always in the camp of the killer. It's like because if you're going to be that stupid, you deserve to get killed. I'm sorry, that's just that is. They're like that Geico commercial. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go to the bar with the chainsaws, and the killer mm-hmm. standing behind them like. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, uh, next one: Solsakoa, John Cena. And kind of funny, we're segueing into this because we're talking about moves that change names mm-hmm. and moves that really aren't all that impressive. Yeah, I heard. I heard our, our friends on Finisher Wrestling. They actually called this better because I've always said John Cena is the AA. I've always said it's just kind of a, a suplex. No, yeah. they called it a fireman's carry. I'm like, you know what? It absolutely that, is. It is. Yep. It's it just is a, a fireman's carry. Yeah, it's just a glorified fireman's carry. Yeah. So, uh, 
we kind of figured John Cena was going to lose this one. He was going to do the job for Solo Sokoa. Yep, and I'm glad um, he did because um, Solo, Solo needed that win. Now, I was not expecting him to try to kill John Cena, you know, with the eight, 18 Samoan spikes that he gave him. Oh, I was. I <laughs> oh, was that was. Because they kept playing up the fact that he had been given marching orders by Roman to go out and destroy John Cena. So, yeah, but that it, was. Ugh. You're waiting for Millhouse to walk out. He's already dead. <laughs> yeah, he's already dead. No, he's. And Solo's like, no, not yet, but yeah. he will be in a second. Like, clunk, clunk, clunk. And I'm like, oh, good. And they're like, well, John Cena, he was having problems talking this morning. He was like, yeah, yeah and he's really going to have problems talking now. And He talking at all now. But um, I, and, I, I like the fact that, you know, Cena's a class act. Regardless of what you think of him during the Super Cena years or the Nexus debacle or all that, John Cena's a class act. He did the job because mm-hmm. he knows he's at the end and he's doing he's he's doing business the right way. He's putting over the new guy because so Solo Sequoia is going to be around for a long time. Oh, yeah. John Cena's, you know, at the end of his career. He did the honors. Solo needed a big win. What bigger win is there to, to beat, you know, one of the all time faces of the company? And then John didn't hog the spotlight. You know, he got up, you know, brushed himself off. He got out of the ring. He, you know, he acknowledged the crowd's, you know, applause, but he didn't, he didn't stay there soaking it all up because he was making sure Solo got the spotlight. And I, I respect that. I thought that was really good. And, Solo Sokoa's first solo win on a PLE mm-hmm. or PPV or whatever you want to call it. Um, and yep. and Cena has not won a match in like four years now. Yeah. Which is kind of amazing because yeah. he won like every match. Yeah, usually he, I mean, he was, he was Hogan there for a while and there was mm-hmm. no, there was not even a, there was never any doubt in my mind that John Cena was going to lose a match, especially yeah. during that Super Cena run, you know. And then Money in the Bank happened, and I was I was still I was very shocked that they actually gave the belt to Punk. I was not expecting that. Um, but I mean the match itself. Um, I, I thought I mean it was it was good. It was we you know we I think we. It kind of called what the match is going to kind of be like. Yeah, it's, um, it's it's two power guys. Yeah, I mean it's like you you know what you're in for. It's like if you've watched John Cena versus Umaga, any of their matches, yes. then you knew what you were getting in for when it was John Cena and Solo because Solo reminds me so much of Umaga. His move set, the intensity, all of it, and so that's what I was expecting was John Cena versus Umaga because. And that's pretty much what we got. And I'm pretty sure um, Solo Sokoa walked backstage going, did y'all really have to have me spike him that many times? My thumb hurts now. Yeah, my thumb is hurting. <laughs> I got to get this tape off. <laughs> yeah. You know, because, I mean, that's a good way to jam your thumb. I mean. Yeah. And they're like, hey, can you sign this this million-dollar check? I wish I could write. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sign it left-handed for you. Here you go. Exactly. But, Scribble. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the next one, you know, we've kind of mentioned a little bit. Um 
but we can really get deeper into it now. It's uh, Logan Paul defeats Rey Mysterio for the U.S. title. I was right. You were right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Joylin was right. I know. I was right. And it was the I, – I still I stick by what I said on the preview on Thursday. It's It was the right call. Um, they really haven't done – no fault of Ray's, but they really haven't done anything with the U.S. title since no, Ray's the champion. This is – Logan Paul winning the title is definitely going to bring – more eyes to the to their product because mm-hmm. he has I think they said he he has up to 96 million followers on social media you're going to have people seeing him you're going to have his social media crowd seeing him with that title and been like people that don't even watch wrestling is going to be like what's this about and so they're going to tune in to see Logan Paul as a champion for WWE mm-hmm. and and besides that he's eight matches in and he's, he's putting on these types of performances every single time he's in the ring. I I have no issue with him winning the U S title. I think it's going to be interesting to see where we go from there. Cause he, you know, he's quickly showing he can have great matches with just about anybody. So I'm, I'm all for it. He plays his heel character. Good. Um, he showed respect to Rey Mysterio after the match. Mm-hmm. Um, even as a heel, he still showed him respect. Even when Rey was like, "You know what you did," and he's like, "I'm just trying to show you respect." Uh, you know, you're a legend. I love you, and playing it off like <laughs> he didn't do anything, like he didn't hit him with brass knucks. Also, did you notice the little tidbit? The did you notice the the intentional? I feel like it was an intentional. This the, is where we're. This is where we're going next with this. The knuckles, Escobar yeah. comes out, takes the knucks from. Uh, from Doofus, I don't even know what the, from, I was going to yeah, ask. I don't you. even know. I was like, "Who's yeah, this guy?" You know, yeah, I don't even know out. what that dude's name is that keeps helping Logan Paul, but he got the knucks and then lays them on the mat, and it's like. You know where where this is going next. Ray's going to mm-hmm. hit the six one nine. Logan Paul's going to hit there. I feel like that that was intentional because it's going to lead to Santos Escobar becoming a heel. He plays a much better heel than he does a face. I've, yes. I've watched him in NXT a little bit in AAA. Watched him in Japan. He's a much better heel than he is a face. And especially when he's leading the, because right now, even now, you know, before it became the LWO, it was his faction and it was uh, Legato del Fastasma. And um, it was, he carried himself more like a crime boss type thing, more like a Yakuza type thing. And it's like, go back to that because just the, you know, Ray needs a good feud on his way out the door because there ain't many there ain't many of these left. No, it's not for, for Ray. Um, again, another veteran doing the honors. All for that too. Ray knows how to do business the right way, also. So, but that Logan Paul catching Ray on that springboard was an amazing. It was an amazing catch for somebody's eight matches in 
and then barely pausing and turning it into a power slam. It looked looked natural. It looked like it was the planned spot. But but everybody looking, anybody who knows anything about wrestling knew there was a botch. And you've got a guy with eight matches under his belt recovering that quick and making it look seamless. Because Ray could have came down on the top of his head if they'd have, you know, if they'd have missed. And one of the things, and, you know, we've both said it, I have a a lot of more respect, even even more for Logan Paul after that, because... Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, one of the big, um, I guess, gripes about, like, indie wrestling and, like, newer wrestling, Mm -hmm. and you see this all the time on the veteran, Jack Vaughn, on his TikTok channel, He's mm-hmm. like, hey, Jack, I know you couldn't come on the show because I asked him to eat, and he's extremely busy. You know, yeah. um, but he said, you know, definitely he would love to as soon as you get some bandwidth. But if you don't catch his TikToks, go catch them because when he talks about indie wrestling, and by the way, I, I believe he's the OVW heavyweight champion right now, or at okay. least he's a, a title holder, or at least he has been in OVW. So uh, there's a lot of eyes on him. But he mentions that about indie wrestling like quite a bit. And how they have a planned spot and all of a sudden something goes wrong and they don't know what to do next. They don't yeah. know, I mean, how to have a, a way to recover from that. Instead, they yeah. just, they keep trying the same spot over and over again, you know. Uh, but... And I feel like you have a lot of indie guys that aren't getting taught the right way. They're not getting taught by, a lot of indie guys are getting taught by other indie guys. Any, right. A lot of new indie guys instead of getting taught by veterans. Right. Like, because if you notice, the men and women that work for Roger Ruffin get taught the right way. Yes, they do. If there is a, if there was something to happen, like with Logan Paul and Ray Mysterio, I have no doubt that anybody that was trained by Roger Ruffin would know how to recover on the spot from, from uh, a possible disaster. I, th- I feel like they would be able to think quickly on their feet and, recover from that because they're trained well because Roger's an excellent trainer. Feel like some of these indie companies, the trainers know just as much or just as little as the people that they're training. So they're not getting they're not getting the proper training on protecting themselves and their opponent. Right. I mean it's kind of like, you know, the Hardy boys when they first started, they were teaching themselves and you know teaching each other yeah. along with Shane yeah. Moore and a few other people but had like somebody like the Italian Stallion uh-huh. not come in and said okay hey yes you guys are doing well however there's some stuff you're not going to be able to learn unless you were with a veteran and so like mm-hmm. yeah. Italian Stallion Michael Hayes some other ones that actually took them under their wing and really yeah. elevated them because I mean and Jeff, man, Jeff Hardy they taught they had taught themselves a lot yeah. You know, kind of Bobby Eaton actually never had a trainer. Bobby Eaton taught himself. And then, of course, mm-hmm. he had the veterans also show him different things as they were going along. But he, yeah. Um, but you need somebody like a Roger Ruffin or now, of course, I mean, uh, Wacket Chris Harris is, you know, exactly. the main trainer. Yeah. And exactly. I think, I think every indie company is, it's, I was actually thinking of this the other day and I was like, I'm going to have to mention this on the next podcast. So I am. It's kind of like, you know, every, every golf, course you know you have the clubhouse where they always have like the local the pro Mm -hmm. you know yeah yep i think wrestling companies training companies that are training there needs to be a pro yeah there needs to be a pro there needs to be that veteran 
who's been there or done that. You know, it's like well, minor you, league. Go yeah, ahead. You look at New Japan. They have the New Japan Dojo. Yes. There's, you know, there's veterans running the dojo. When ACW was uh, around, they had a dojo that was run by veterans. Every, mm-hmm. New people coming in went through the dojo. WWE's got the Performance Center. Steve Carino, William Regal, you know, you've got you've got legends in this sport. You've got veterans who understand the craft and are teaching the new generation of wrestlers. AEW's got the same thing. They've got, you know, they've got Dustin Rhodes, they've got Mark Henry, they've got guys who are veterans in the business who understand what it is to take care of your opponent. Yep. Cause they also have Jericho. They have the Hardy boys. They, yep. Mm-hmm. you know, um, and I was also thinking it's kind of like minor league baseball, minor league yeah. baseball. There's always, it's kind of like the movie bull Durham, Kevin Costner, mm-hmm. you know, he's a guy, he's been up to the, he's been to the show. Yeah. You know, he didn't, he, I think it's in the movie, I last 19 days there one time, but he's been there. So he's the one who's helping, exactly. you know, these guys. And yeah. so, um, but for Logan Paul to already kind of have, you know, that wherewithal and that that awareness where he caught Ray and immediately was able to transition into something. Now, I don't know if, you know, maybe he was already going to catch Ray, you know, but it was, mm-hmm. he just he had to all of a sudden drop down to his knees, but he still managed to yeah. recover it and turn oh, yeah. it into a move. And it was seamless yeah. looking. Yeah. So, and it, it, he made it look like it was something that they had planned, not right. something that was just done on the spot to, you know, halt disaster. And anybody who's done any kind of performing, whether it be, well, like wrestling or acting, if you're doing music, you know, singing, playing, whatever, um, it's always been said because um, band director at Christian County High School when we were mm-hmm. there, Mr. Fisher, William Fisher, mm-hmm. he's, he's, you know, I, I, he's on my Facebook page, but he even told us when people were auditioning for different things and he said, I have no idea, you know, for the most part, what it is they're supposed to be doing. He said, mm-hmm. because they're coming in, they're singing something because he would also do the auditions for like the advanced choir type thing that yeah. they had at Christian County. So he was always helping with that. And he said, so they're going, and I'm watching how they perform. He said, then they would make a mistake. He said, I wouldn't know they made a mistake had they not told me. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so he said, that's what he told them. You just, you act like you meant to do that. He said, that's what you're supposed to do. Yep. And Logan Paul pulled it off perfect. And that's what everybody's talking about. Oh, the botch, the botch. Yeah. They handled it really well. You know, and the thing is they handle it well. So it wasn't really a botch. It was right. just, they, you know, they improvised on the fly to protect Ray and seamlessly moved on in the match. They made right. it work. You know, you have to be ready just in case something were to yeah. happen. But Logan Paul is now the U.S. champion. We'll see how they play. Because, I mean, like I said, Ray Mysterio, I mean, his reign as U.S. champion was kind of boring. Yeah, he you really know? didn't do anything. I mean, but, I mean, it was cool they gave him the U.S. title. One last title run, probably. But they really didn't do anything with it. It wasn't – the title reign wasn't booked well. So, And I think now if they are uh, going to have Santos Escobar turn heel – by the mm-hmm. way, if he does, I think he ought to bring back the faction he had before. Because exactly, that's what I think. I think yeah. he should ditch the LWO and go back to Legato because yes, that worked that worked much better. 
And the LWO, by the way, they dusted off something mm-hmm. that was there 25 years ago yeah. in WCW. Now, yeah. I mean, and I liked it back then. Now yeah. it's like, okay, I, and I actually didn't think it was going to last as long as what it has. I didn't either. But, but I feel like it's kind of run its course. And, yeah, I think he should turn the heel, change it back to the group he had before. And, by the way, I think they should also feud with Judgment Day yeah. for control of Dominic because it would kind of make more sense for Dominic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to be I'm just him. saying, this yeah. is us armchair booking it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, have a yeah. have a bidding war. You yeah. know, hey, Dominic, you know, you belong over here. Not with them. You belong over here. Here's here. Here would be my issue if I'm Dominic. Okay, I belong over here. I got a lot of heritage and history and everything with the people over here. Rhea Ripley's over there. So that's true. (laughs) Me, just speaking as Dwayne Davis, I'm gonna go over here where where Rhea Ripley's at. But that's just me. Dominic may make a different (sighs) decision. Yep. So. Speaking of people returning in factions and things like that, EO Sky over Bianca. You know, by the way, I did make one prediction. I was right about that. Did you notice Bianca's hair before she even got in the ring? Mm-hmm. It was frayed yep. all over the place. I, t- I told yep. you that humidity yep. was just going to. Yep. You know, um, I knew EO Sky would win. I didn't think they were going to take the title off of her yet. This match was good. I think it could have been better. I think I feel like their chemistry was just a little bit off. Yeah. I don't know if it was the heat, the outfits they had to wear, because you know that stuff can be constricting if you're not mm-hmm. used to wearing it. Um, I don't know if it was that. It just seemed I don't something seemed a little off with their pacing or whatever. And these are two world class athletes. So mm-hmm. I think this is just an off night for them. I don't think this is indicative of how they would wrestle every time they wrestled each other. I was expecting Bailey to be the difference maker. I was not expecting. I knew Kyrie Sane was re-signing with WWE. She had finished up all of her commitments to uh, in uh, Stardom and Shimmer, and I knew she had re-signed. But I figured they were going to have her debut re-debut in NXT. I was not expecting her to show up on, you know, a pay-per-view and align with EO Sky. Because if you remember what they said, Kyrie Sane's last match, she based storyline-wise, she got ran out of WWE by Bailey and Sasha Banks. Yep. So now you've got EO Sky who has all this history with Kyrie Sane. They've been they were tag team partners in NXT. They were tag team partners in Japan. They're friends in real life. She's got all this history. EO's got all this history with Kyrie Sane. And then you've got Bailey over here because Dakota Kai is still on the injured list. She's recovering from surgery. So it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. And especially when Dakota Kai comes back, it's her, EO Sky, Kyrie Sane. And then you look at Bailey going, one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Uh, and I think it would be a um, a great faction to watch, actually. I'd uh-huh. love to see that. And you threw Asuka in there. I mean, just yeah. because it just makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, because, and I, 
I, because and Asuka I, and Kyrie Sane were tag team champions. Yes. They were the women's tag team champions twice, I believe, uh, in WWE. So all of them have history dating back to their early days in Japan. And Bailey anymore. Never thought I'd say this about, you know, the, the, the hugger's going to hug woman, you know, but right now it's going to be hard to get any crowd to actually cheer for her. You know, they, because she's oh, yeah, she, such a great heel. Yeah, she's playing her part great, and she's she is putting people over. She's working with people mm-hmm. to get people over. Because I mean, what else has Bailey got to prove? Now, N- NXT Women's Champion. Yep. She's won Money in the Bank, Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh, was responsible for the women's tag titles coming back. To WWE, mm-hmm. I mean, she got nothing else to prove. She was, you know, carried the women's division on SmackDown through the pandemic, and I mean, there's nothing else for her to prove. So, I mean, use your talents and put other people over. Now, I will say this: when she was doing like her interview, she's talking about how much they lost Saudi Arabia. I mean, that was a good PR mm-hmm. thing. I like that one. Yeah, but not everybody can pull off the nose ring. And hers yeah. is huge. I mean, yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah, it's, it, but it, it works. Does it? Because I was looking going, I, think, I mean. Yeah, I think, I think maybe it works. Be, maybe because her nose is actually kind of small. Yeah. She got a little rabbit nose, and she's putting this great big old. <laughs> this great tire, big hoop. In. Yeah. So I was like, because <laughs> maybe if the hoop wasn't bigger than her nose, maybe it would yeah. work. Could be. You no, know, maybe that's it. You know, yeah. so get, I mean, get a smaller, get a stud throw in there, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because I have noticed that, like, the nose rings are coming, especially, like, the septum piercings, and I'm just like, ow, but... It's like, I'm not a fan of gauged ears, but Rhea Ripley makes but it But Rhea work. Ripley, it works. Yeah. You know, um, and yeah, hers it, aren't just, hers aren't just huge. They're, hers is not the size of a saucer, like I, I've seen <laughs> yeah. some. It, they're just yeah. small, where if she ever wanted to take it out, it would eventually close up. Right. Yeah, because I've actually seen some in real life where if they took it out, like, well, actually, Jeff Hardy's, his will never close up. His will never close, and if he takes them out, it's just, his earlobe's just going to, like, hang down to his collarbone, and it's not, yeah. no, it's not a good not a good look. Yeah, that's that's just, you know, dangerous. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, Nakai was saying, her hitting that elbow, because she's one of the ones, that I mentioned this to her, about her, Ember Moon, and I know there was somebody else, their particular moves, I'm like, ooh, um, I'm always afraid the way they hit them, they're going to end up putting themselves in the hospital because her elbow, it's awesome looking to watch, but she comes down like just flat on her back. Oh, yeah. after, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. yep. um, just like Ember Moon and her, whatever you want to call it, where she, she flips off the top rope to hit somebody with a stunner. They hit the stunner. Yeah. Um, it was when she was Ember Moon, it was the eclipse. When uh, she was on the independence, it was called the O face. I uh, don't know what she's calling it now in Ring of Honor. The O face. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever watched Office Space, you know what the O face is. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> um, she's always going to be Ember Moon to me. I don't care yeah. what. Um, and I, I still <laughs> well, think she's going to win the Royal Rumble. I'm telling you. And she, well, she is killing it right now as the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. This is as, like. As she should the best work I've seen her do. I mean, excellent. She's main evented pay-per-views. 
like uh, Ring of Honor's uh, Death Before Dishonor pay per view. Her and Willow Nightingale main evented pay per view, mm. and it was a match of the year contender. It was fantastic. Let's go check that one out too. So many, uh, so many matches. I just need to just <laughs> go check out. Um, we mentioned Damian Priest before. Now his next match against Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. and Damian Priest actually did the job for Cody. Yeah, now, Damian Priest is a star. He mm-hmm. is a he is a he's a star right now, but he is a. He's definitely a future world champion. He is a star for the future of that company. He is, he gets it. He's just, mm-hmm. you know, he's a big guy. He's a power guy. But unlike a lot of power guys, he knows how to sell. He knows how to even just facial reactions. You know, his facial expressions. He's He's got that down. It's just a matter of when, it's not a matter of if. It's kind of like we talk about with Lord Lord Crew. It's not a matter of if they pull the trigger. It's just a matter of when they decide to do it. Which I think it'll be soon. But mm-hmm. well, I think one of the triggers they're going to end up pulling, first, he's going to be out of Judgment Day. Yeah. I don't think, because the only way it works with him being world champion in Judgment Day is if they play into the friction it's going to cause with him and Finn. Right. And, Dominic Dominic ain't ready for that yet, and he's mm-hmm. doing great as the North American champion. So it's going to be friction with him and Finn, because Finn will believe he should have been world champion. Damien's world champion, and it's going to get irritated because Finn's jealous. That could all work. Or they could just boot him out, then he wins the world title, then you've got your face versus heel title feud, him and Finn Balor for the world title. And when you have former partners, especially somebody who's been kicked out of a faction, now they're trying mm-hmm. to get revenge on that faction. Yep. Uh, those always make for some good, usually, I'll say. They make for some usually, good stories, yeah. good matches. Yeah. Uh, because they all of a sudden are like, it's a grudge match. I'm like, ooh. As, as long as you take your time with it. I can remember two times where they didn't take their time with it and the story didn't end up being good. When they split up the Hollywood Blondes, Steve Austin and Brian Pillman. Um, they did not book that well. And so it's like they rushed everything. And they did the same thing when they split Butch Reed and Ron Simmons up. And they split up Doom. Yes. They, they, yeah. kind, of, they kind of rushed that. They had one, you know, they feuded for a couple of weeks after Butch turned on him. And then they had their blow-off match at a pay-per-view. And then that was it. That was the end of the feud. And it was like, you could have gone so much further with that. And I thought this match was good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like I said, I mean, none of the matches on here on this, this show were bad. Um, yeah. But this was one of those matches. Like there was nothing really riding on it, except for they've had a, they've been having a feud leading up to the match. So it wasn't yeah. just thrown in there. Hey, the Saudis want to see the, you know this particular match. We're going to put it. No, this one that there was a reason for the match. It yeah, just, um, and it and it, it wasn't for a title. Cody, yeah, and it. But they also they got their result. Cody wins a singles match, so it gets Cody back on the path to finish mm-hmm. his story. So they're they're slowly planting the seeds to get him back to the to the world title. 
to Roman's world title. And so be interested to see what they do at Survivor Series because it's supposed to be war games. But the problem is Roman ain't booked for Survivor Series. Of course he isn't because he only defends his title, you know, three, four times a year now. And L.A. Knight pointed it out. He's like, yeah, yeah, he has over a thousand days in his reign, but it's, you know, it's hard. It's not hard to do when you only defend it four times a year. Roman has had 50. Hold on. I saved the thing when I saw it earlier. Uh, give me just a second. Since Roman has been on this run, Three and a half years. He's had 54 title defenses. Hogan, who held it for four and a half years, had 468 title defenses. But here's the thing. The schedules were different because people mm-hmm. are like, you know, Roman's barely doing anything and Hogan was a real champion. Here's the thing. Every one of, every one of Roman's title defenses, there were... There was no dusty finish. There was no disqualification or count out or none of that. There was always a pin. There was always a clean, you know, there was always a decisive win. Hogan had 468 title defenses, but every one of those house show title defenses ended in a disqualification or a count out. So it's like, Mm. why do I want to watch that if that's all you're going to do with it? And people forget that, Hogan defend, you know, Hogan didn't defend his a lot either. I, I get that there was only like four or five pay per views when Ho- when Hogan was, you know, was big, but you didn't see Hogan on TV a lot either. So it's like I don't have a problem with Roman getting a lighter schedule because I feel like he's a, he's earned it. I just feel like that there's I feel like he should be. If you're not going to have him on TV every week, that's perfectly fine. I get that. Because you can overdo that, having the champ- the world champion on TV every single week, especially if it's not leading anywhere. But the champion should be at the pay-per-views because these are your big money deals. Yes. And the, the champion should be at the pay-per-views. And I don't blame Roman. If they tell me I can sit at home and still collect my check, I'm going to sit at home and collect my check. But I feel like as far as booking goes, they need to book that part of it better. They're the, you know, he's the undisputed universal champion who is missing for a couple of months at a time, which is still funny because when he was a face, that was the gripe he had with Brock Lesnar. Yes. And he's actually wrestling less than Brock Lesnar now. Yeah. Yeah. And he's at a thousand at that crown jewel. It was a, it was, I think 1161 days um here is where wwe does their revisionist history michael cole said that there was only two men ahead of roman in history and that was bruno san martino and hulk hogan but that is not true um he passed up bob backland he hasn't passed Bob Backlund. That's what I was getting to. Mm. I, I saved an article that has the days. He has passed. He passed Pedro, who had 1,027 days. Okay. Then the next closest one is Bruno at 1,237 days. 
Bruno's second reign. His second reign, not his first, because his first was like eight years long. Yeah. Uh, nobody's ever touching that one. No. Um, but Bruno's second reign was from December 10th, 1973 to April 30th, 1977. 1,237 days. Could Roman get to get there? Yeah. Hogan's is 1,474. January 23rd of 84 to February 5th of 88. He does not need to break Hogan's because that's too long. It, there's after a while, it's going to get very boring. There's he, he can't keep up the interest for that long because well, he, that would be, that would be at least another, that would be at least another year of him being, him being champion. He's already been champion three, three and a half years. That'd be at least another year he'd have to be champion in order to eclipse Hogan's record. And, you know, and even with the bloodline being as intriguing as what it was, because people started coming back to watching wrestling because mm-hmm. of that, because, I mean, everybody was talking about the bloodline. Yeah. Um, but even that can only be sustained for so, for long. so long. Yep. Um, I agree. Yeah. The, all the, the, some of the most, the hottest storylines ever in wrestling, you know, they all have a, a shelf life. I mean, they all have a certain time period that they'll last. Even yep. the, N- the NWO, yep. you know, when it, it was the hottest thing in wrestling at the time, everybody was talking about it. Mm-hmm. Now, they messed it up when they kept adding everybody to the NWO. Yeah, because they were letting the inmates run the asylum. And yeah, you know, Hogan and Hall and Nash and other people who had backstage political power we're calling all the shots so yep and if you're a friend of hogan hey you're part of the nwo that's oh like, yeah oh that's the guy he was you know selling peanuts last week why are you yeah you know it didn't make any sense and so that was their fault but it, either way i mean it still had you know an endpoint. i mean nothing in yeah. wrestling you know some of the longest lasting feuds they still had cooling off periods where they were gonna do something else and then come back Yep. You know, Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes, mm-hmm. long rivalry yeah. over, you know, over a decade. Yeah. But they would actually get away from each other for a little bit, then come back, get away mm-hmm. and then come back. Yep. Everything and, always led them back to each other, but they still did. They still had feuds with other people and other programs and things like that. But eventually they always came back to each other. And right now, you know, we know Cody's going to come back with Roman. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it would be best if I think that if they had Cody take out Roman for the title at Mania, mm-hmm. that would be the perfect stage for yeah. it. They, they have been telling that story for a long time. Cody came back uh-huh. and got hurt. I mean, legitimately uh-huh. had yep. the gro- grossest looking picture ever in wrestling with his purple pack. They are making a Funko Pop of that. Really? Like Cody with the, with the purple pack and the sledgehammer in his hand. It will be on my shelf when it comes out. I will. I will have that one. Wow! I mean, have to add it to. So yeah. You, you gotta, now, now, not all these are wrestling. There is Dusty Rhodes right there, huh? Yeah, Dusty uh, with, with the polka yeah. dots. Yeah. Um, IRS Ted DiBiase, you know, autographed. Um, and then I have like there's Frodo, Bib Fortuna, IG88, Hannibal, Michael Corleone, Derek Carr, Jason Voorhees behind the Jason Voorhees figure. Ramsey's actually, you know what? Let me get this one down. This is not a Funko Pop. This is just Jason and Funko oh, yeah. 13th. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, I've seen that one before. Yeah. But I had to get this one down in order to show 
This one right here, Ramsey's the Ram, Carolina. There you go. Which, by the way, yep. as we were beginning the podcast, Carolina won their first game of the season, men's basketball. Yes. yes. Um, and hopefully they have a lot better season than what they had last year. I sure hope so. Yeah. But now that I got Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, um, they got a lot of other ones, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, in fact, uh, let's see. I've got more. I got these. Yeah. And my my son thought I was nuts. Jaren Urso and Saul Guerrero. Okay. Yeah, because I personally think you know um, Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars movie. Okay. <laughs> so, but anyway. You but know, the so person that they left out that when Michael Cole phrased it the way he did, Bob Backlund is at number two with 2,135 days. February 20th, 1978 to December 26th, 1983, when the Iron Sheik beat him. And you know what? I, I guarantee you they're going to say, well, he lost it to Antonio Inoki for... But know, here's the thing. They don't recognize They don't recognize unless, unless they want to. It's in, in their record books. It is one seamless title reign. He lost, he actually, the title was actually held up twice during his title reign, but they don't recognize it because it was held up and he, he won it back the next day or two. So they don't even recognize that he even lost it. So it's their own revisionist history mm-hmm. that they're trying to revise. And it's like, stop that. It's yeah, like, just, just stop it. Stop it. Just, go, go just say, help. Just say Roman is number four because he is. It's mm-hmm. Bruno's. It's Bruno's first reign at two thousand eight hundred and three days. There's not a soul that's ever going to wrestle again that's going to hold <laughs> no. the title for eight years. I mean, it was May seventeenth, nineteen sixty three, to January eighteenth, nineteen seventy one. Nobody's holding the title that long. Just it's never going to ha- not in this age. It's not going to happen. So you got Bruno, you got Bob Backlund, you got Hogan. You got Roman. He's number four all time. I don't see a I don't see a problem with that. Who did who did Backlund piss off? <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's like all of a sudden Backlund's getting rode out of history, and it's like I don't understand why. Uh, they also wrote the Big Show out of history because they mentioned during Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins title match that when when uh, Drew beat Brock Lesnar for the WWE title. His first title defense was against Seth Rollins. It wasn't. His first title defense was against the Big Show. That's right. But Paul White is in AEW now, so they mm-hmm. want to pretend like he doesn't exist. So they just skipped over him. Seth Rollins was Drew McIntyre's second title defense when he beat after he beat Brock Lesnar for the title. But Big Show was the first title defense. You cannot forget about Big Show in that company as big as what he is. I was there the night him and Braun Strowman broke the ring. No, yeah. yeah. And I mean, so, I don't understand this whole – and WWE is the only company that does this. Every other company will acknowledge if somebody's – even if they've left the company, they still acknowledge their contributions to that company. But WWE will just write somebody out of history. Just, I mean, just like – if you leave the company, they won't mention you. Like, they have not mentioned Sasha Banks since she left. Even mm-hmm. when Kyrie Sane came back, they didn't mention that it was Bailey and Sasha Banks that that storyline ran her out of the company. It was just Bailey. And it's like, oh. it makes no sense. They're, 
the way they like to revise stuff to fit their own purposes. Well, since we've talked about Roman enough, um, let's go ahead and talk about his match against LA Knight. Uh, excellent match. Um, it was everything I thought it was going to be. LA Knight was over when he came in the building. He was even more over, even though he lost. Mm-hmm. He looked like he belonged in the world title picture. Roman, of course, did a masterful job of playing the cocky heel who all of a sudden figures out that this guy might beat me because Mm -hmm. Roman has gotten excellent at planting that seed of doubt during the match to be like, is this, is this when they're going to take the title off of him? Because everybody's waiting for the time that they finally pull the trigger and have him lose. So the Roman always plays it up like this could be the time, like the the time when uh, when uh, L.A. Knight hit the hit his finisher near the ropes. I expected Roman to throw his leg over there. He didn't. Jimmy put his Jimmy, leg over there. Yeah. They play Roman played it to where I can't. I, I'm I'm so beat up that I can't even get my leg up. If it wasn't for Jimmy Uso you know, L.A. Knight would have the title. Um, I just thought everybody played their part. Paul Heyman is a master at subtlety. When Roman was off TV, he stopped dyeing his hair. Mm-hmm. Let his hair go white to show how stressed he was, that his tribal tree wasn't on television. And now that Roman's back, he he's dyed his hair again. He's feeling good about himself because his tribal chief is back. It's just... Little things like that. That, that that's why Paul Heyman's he's a genius. That's why he's a genius. Yeah. And Roman, I mean, gripes about the title run, you know, aside, Roman has cemented his place as one of the best ever. He has completely to me, he has completely erased that botched face run that they tried to do with him after the shield broke up this is what they could have had all those years if they'd have just, if Vince had just got out the way and let him do it and not been, not has not be so hell bent on him being the next John Cena. Instead, Roman's Roman and there's nobody else like him right now. We had been saying, you know, even before the podcast ever started, mm-hmm. you know, but for at least three years, four years, turn Roman heel, put him with turn Paul Heyman. And, yeah, and, they put, exactly. and, put him, and put him with Paul Heyman. Yeah. And they did that. All of a sudden. Yeah. He's huge. So. And it's like, he's still the face of the company. You know, it's like, but, and the, I think the reason why I do, I think he needs to be on the, the pay-per-views. Absolutely. The world champion should be on the pay-per-views, but it's gotten to where, the times he's on TV or pay-per-views is so infrequent that he's made every appearance in every match a big deal. Yeah, you know, a, he's made every every appearance on television and every pay-per-view match that he is actually on. He makes it must-see because you don't see him enough, and I like that aspect of you don't see Roman enough. You don't see him enough to get tired of him. So it's like 
a big fight feel every single time he's in the ring because you don't see it very often. I mean, a lot of times you see the same matches on Raw and SmackDown week in and week out. Yeah, you see Roman, you see Roman a handful of times every few months. So it kind of makes that anticipation for, you know, what's Roman going to do? What's Roman going to say? What, what t-shirt is Roman going to have? Because I have a whole list of Roman Reigns t-shirts <laughs> I need to buy because every time he comes back, there's a new shirt. And I'm like, crap. Now I got to add that one to the list too. I have two of them and he's probably got about six or seven more I need to get. Well, I was talking to our friend Justin today from TNC Sports Talk, which, by the way, Justin, you definitely would be thinking about you tomorrow. He's having surgery tomorrow, so he's going to be, you know, kind of yeah. hurting for a little yes. bit. We'll um, be thinking of you, and I also want to say, um, if I have it, I can't remember if I have or not, but thank you very much for stepping in for me um, as guest host of the podcast. I truly appreciate it. I, and Justin, he's he's another one. He has a, a very – he didn't – he doesn't just look at wrestling. I mean, he looks at like all sports, you know, mm-hmm. but when it comes to wrestling, I mean, he still has another one. He has a great analytical mind and he actually brought us something to me today. He said, what's next for LA Knight?" He said, because where does he go from here? You know, he, but here's was, the thing. I thought the same thing while I was watching the match, because I, I knew LA Knight was not winning the title there. When he does eventually win the world title, it's not going to be at Crown Jewel. Nothing against Saudi, but it's going to be at a Rumble or WrestleMania or SummerSlam or something like that. But if you were, if you go back and remember when Steve Austin won King of the Ring and truly became Stone Cold, he got a title shot a few months later against The Undertaker. Uh, okay. Yeah. Actually, I take that. I take that back. He won the Royal Rumble, the next and at Rus- the next year at WrestleMania. You know, him and Brett had the submission match. Undertaker beat Sid for the title. Steve Austin got a title match. He got a world title match. He ended up losing. Then he went after the Intercontinental title. He got it. Got hurt. We know what happened there. Same could be done with LA Knight. Him and him and Logan Paul have history. From the from money in the bank, they do. It could come around to L.A. Knight feuding with Logan Paul over the U.S. title. He beats Logan Paul, wins the U.S. title, and there starts his climb back to the world title. Because a lot of future world champions have done that. They have gotten a big match, lost. They've gotten a t- big title match, lost. Went went after the mid card title, and then that put them in contention for the world title again. Oh, very very true. You know, so uh, and LA Knight, he's so over right now. I mean, oh yeah, uh, he is. He's so over, and oh. I'm I am glad that they are seeing how over he is, and they're actually going with it instead of trying to push it down like Vince always used to do. Because he got himself over, because this wasn't this wasn't the company getting him over, because they stuck him with that the managing the male models, you know, because That's Vince did, because Vince thought he was too old, and thought he'd be a better manager than a wrestler. Who in the world thought it would be a good idea to have 
like a model, like a like a male model type thing like that without well, okay, without Rick Martell. First, yeah. Very disrespectful to Rick Martell. Uh second of all, anybody who's listening that is not understanding what we're saying, go Google Rick Martell. Go Google the model Rick Martell. It'll tell you everything you need. Mm-hmm. Um another thing is this is the same man that thought male cheerleaders were going to get over that made a faction of male cheerleaders nothing against male cheerleaders but that's not that's a wrestling gimmick with a very low ceiling Dolph Ziggler was one of them yeah you know but I mean he was like the breakout and I think wasn't was Joey Abs one of them as well no no he was was a main street posse oh there was okay I knew he was in something yeah um but yeah you know, so finally, L.A. Knight using a once again, organic. Mm-hmm. The fans like it. Triple H recognizes it and says, "You know what? The fans are cheering like gangbusters. Yep. Let's, you know, push them because the fans, they're like, they're basically telling you we're going to pay to watch watch him. We like exactly. watching him. We're going to pay to watch him. We are going to buy all the merchandise that he has because and because he is the top sell the top merchandise seller. It's like." You know he's over. Go with it. Keep the momentum going. One one world title loss is not going to set him back as long as he's still booked well and consistently. Um, one more one more nod to Paul Heyman and his genius when they showed the close up of the pinfall when Roman pinned L.A. Knight for the three count. Heyman's right here, nodding one, two, and then three. And you could see him just go and take and clutch the title and walk off. It's it's stuff. It's little things like that yeah. to where even Paul Heyman's making you think Roman could lose this time, you know. And it's just little things like that that Heyman and Reigns are doing just excellent, and people could learn from that. So, what is the next? pay-per-view survivor series is right okay oh yeah that's right because they're already advertising by the way i love their (laughs) i love their choice of a song that they use to promote it it's you know war pigs by black sabbath yep um yeah because i as soon as i heard that there there i'm like oh well what's that yep and there's there's war pigs there's war pigs so you know now i'm just gonna watch it just to see if they have a concert breakout you know (laughs) (laughs) But, um, it, but here's the thing, too. It's just the build for Survivor Series is going to be really rushed. It's only three weeks out. Oh, yeah. Here's and... the thing. They could have pushed it back some because there's no December pay-per-view. The only premium live event in December is NXT has uh, a premium live event. They could have moved Survivor Series, you know, to the very end of November or even the beginning of December. I mean, you don't have it on Thanksgiving night anymore, so it don't really make a difference well, if you still, have it in November. They're still calling it the Thanksgiving tradition. I'm like, no, you stole that from Starcade. You know you stole it from Starcade. Yeah, you stole it from Starcade and then blocked and then blackmailed the comp the, the <laughs> yes. TV companies into not showing Starcade. So but yeah, so They've got three weeks to build a good card. Well, they've already got two matches apparently signed. What they got? 
Gunther and the Miz, which by the way, there's some news about Gunther. I don't know if you saw. Uh, here's the thing. The Miz is not a face. I don't care how many times they turn him. I don't care what they how they go about it. He is not a face. He is a natural heel. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like Charlotte Flair. She is a natural heel. Stop pushing them as stop pushing people as faces when it doesn't work. The Miz is a really, really good heel too. I actually, he's a, he's an I, excellent heel. Yeah, I like the Miz. You know, I yeah. know I'm you know unpopular opinion, but I mean, I actually I've always liked the Miz. I mean, he plays he plays his part. He is the arrogant, delusional, wannabe Hollywood a lister. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he plays this part to a T. He's an excellent heel. The face stuff doesn't work because he just has a face you want to punch. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to cheer for this guy. I just want to smack him in the mouth. That's and then his his smoking hot wife walks out, and you want to punch him even more. You want to punch him in the wife? It's like, really? You pulled her? Let me hit you in the mouth again, just from principle. <laughs> yeah. But oh, um, I'm, it'll be a good match. The Miz can give Gunther mm-hmm. a good match. We know he ain't winning it. They're not taking that title off Gunther yet either. The reason I found out that the reason that Gunther is, um, wasn't defending the intercontinental title in Saudi for the next six months, he has to stay in the States. Yep. That was the news uh, I was, I was alluding mm -hmm. to. Yep. So that also means he can't go to Australia. Mm -mm. And so, but I mean, it's a, well, yeah, he can't, yeah, he can't go to, he can't go to Australia for the elimination chamber. Yeah. Um, so he can't but, he he can't leave the country. He can't leave the yeah. U.S. for the next six months. And yeah, um, I don't know the full details, but it has something to do with his immigration visa or something part like of- that. Or I think it's like um, I think he's also getting citizenship here, so it may be something okay. to do with that too. Um, but yeah, he's confined to the to the U.S. for the next six months. Um, the other match, uh, Rhea Ripley, Zoe Starks for the Women's World Championship. Oh, I'm good with that. that yep. A one-on-one world title match for Zoe Stark? Yeah, I'm good on that. I'm good okay, with that. Okay, I was about to ask, is it Stark or Starks? Because I sure did say Starks. But I'm sitting there looking and said Stark. Like I say Stark sometimes, too. It's like, it's one of those words that you just throw an S on because it sounds better. Yeah, kind of <laughs> like Henning instead of Hennig. Yeah, it's like you say you see Hennig, but you just want to throw that in in there anyway. Yeah, you just want to throw it in there. Uh, um, and her real name's Teresa, not Zoe. Mm -hmm. Teresa Serrano. She's from Salt Lake City. Okay, and she is five eight and one hundred forty (laughs) pounds. So, um, wow. Yeah, I didn't know a lot about her, but you know, she's been wrestling for a little over ten years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, didn't realize that. But, yeah, those are the two matches already. And I bet, you know, while we've been over here yapping our flaps on, on here, these probably yeah. happen on Raw. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, one other thing, I know we got to wrap it up. Um, New Japan is already got a match signed for Wrestle Kingdom, which is January 4th, which is like New Japan Pro Wrestling's WrestleMania, it's Wrestle Kingdom. Right. It is uh, Okada. Versus Brian Danielson mm. in the Tokyo Dome. Oh, this is something. This is something that Brian Danielson has wanted. This was one of the reasons he left WWE because he wanted to work in Japan, 
and Vince said no. They said Triple H had kind of talked Vince into allowing it. I don't think Vince would have ever let Brian Danielson work the Tokyo Dome. But that, now that with it's going to be a sellout. And... Yeah, now yeah, Wrestle Kingdom is always a sellout. Uh, now with AEW, because they allow their wrestlers to go other places, and AEW has a good working relationship with New Japan, they've gotten, they've had, uh, he's had, Brian Davis has had two matches with Okada already. Broke his arm in the one, the first one they had at uh, Forbidden Door. Broke his arm, wrestled 10 more minutes with a broken arm, and beat Okada. Then had another match, broke his orbital bone. I think I'd rather have a broken arm. Yeah. Uh, broke his orbital bone. He had surgery on it, so he's out for a little while. But he'll be back in time for Wrestle Kingdom. And he said, uh, he said, each time I've wrestled you, something's gotten broken. So come Wrestle Kingdom in the Tokyo Dome, I'm going to break you. That's as simple a wrestling story Ouch. as you need. That's all you need. You've you've broken <laughs> me twice, so I'm gonna break you on your home uh, on your home turf. I'm going to your home turf to break uh, you. That's it. That's the promo. Yeah. right there. That's the tweet right there. And one other thing, I know I'm full of random facts. Uh, Samo- <laughs> Samoa Joe is now the longest reigning Ring of Honor World Television Champion in history. He he. Broke broke uh, Jay Lethal's record. So now Samoa Joe is the longest reigning ROH TV champion and still the longest reigning world champion in Ring of Honor ch- history. How many guys can say, I have t- the two longest reigns with two different titles for the same company? I'm about to say, yeah, not many. So, and Samoa Joe is defending the TV title against Keith Lee on... on uh, dynamite this week so i will be watching uh, that. <laughs> yeah they better they better reinforce that ring yeah you know oh, man that's some too big dude that's a lot of man meat in there <laughs> yeah those are some big boys right there yeah. yeah uh and i've been seeing some more joe and some older things i was talking about when wrestlers actually do real like shoot interviews like in the ring yeah. and i was talking mm-hmm. about the one that he was talking about scott hall yeah back in the, back in the day so yeah when scott um, no showed yeah no showed and yeah, so um, yeah, like I said, good show. Now we're looking forward to yeah. Survivor Series. You know, yep. War Games. Um, I don't want to see Raw versus SmackDown. I think that that gets played out. You know, I don't, I don't either because it never makes any sense. It's oh, well, you know, we all hate each other over here, and we've been feuding for months. But oh, it's November, so now all of a sudden we're best friends, and we're going to rally together to fight the other brand. And then once it's over, then we'll go back to hating each other again. It's like, it makes no sense. Yeah. It's like the videos you see of the two dogs that have like a fence between them and they're barking, 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 growling each other. Yeah. And all of a sudden the fence moves and they're literally right. Nothing between them. And they kind of calm down. The fence moves back between them. They start barking again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, ah, uh, Oh, well, so, um, no idea what's on the plate for Thursday. We'll figure it out as the time comes, you know, yeah. um, you know, but it, it, yeah, good show. And most of our predictions were correct. Most of them, mm-hmm. you know, not yeah. all of them, but most, you know, there were some things that I could never predicted, like Sami Zayn stealing the briefcase. Uh, yeah. Sami Zayn, 
taking yeah, Kyrie saying coming back. Um yep. and now we know why Gunther wasn't there. Yep. You know, so um and the Raiders won yesterday. I just figured I'd point that out. Um Pack- Packers won too. Raiders uh, fired their head coach though. Yeah, they fired their head coach and the and the general and manager. The GM, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. and and like an offensive, you know, coordinator. Uh and now they're the players are happy. They they won now. They beat the Giants. The Giants are not good at all this year. Um and, yeah. and then, you know, last night, like I said, my Facebook feed is full of Hude, Hude, Hude. Um, yeah. you know, the Bills, you know, made the return ever since um oh my god, my son knew his name and I cannot think of his name. The player who had the cardiac arrest last year, uh, last yes. season, actually, it was in early January. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he didn't play. I mean, he actually was um, he was inactive, but he was on the sideline. And they did talk about it, and I was you know, glad to see it. I think everybody was wanting to see that. And I have a feeling last night yeah. that game had a lot of viewers. Oh, um, I'm sure. Yeah. And, you know, but college basketball starting up, so you know where our heads are going to be for the next mm-hmm. four or five months yep. until March yep. Madness. Um Hopefully Carolina does a lot better. Um, Hopefully, and I don't know if you saw in on your preferred podcast platform, but uh, BC Hunter is back with Wrestling with the Truth, and his I have not listened to the episode yet because it just dropped today. Um, but he says after a lengthy layoff, he's officially back, and he's not alone. It's a supersized return as Ted the Hillbilly Hill from the Hill Truth right. and. And Will and Taylor from Jaded Wrestling. That's a show we've never mentioned before, but I mean, I have listened to them before. It's also another good show. And they're joining uh, BC to talk about the wrestling war between WWE and AEW, toxicity in wrestling, why Taylor hates tag team wrestling, and the return of TNA. You see, we haven't even touched on Impact yeah, is now TNA again. So that's, that is true. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, you know, stores happening in wrestling now, right now. I mean, we hit some periods where there's not a lot of news to report and, here lately, we you know had a good good show. We've had other actual news come about, and mm-hmm. yep. you know, but it's a good show. So yeah, check out like I said, wrestling with the truth. Go check out uh, the heel truth. Go check the heel, but go check out jaded wrestling. Go go check out finisher wrestling. Uh, I know I'm missing some people. All the Nerdcast Empire, another show I've been listening to mm-hmm. lately. Go check out the Intellectual Rockstar podcast. You have to, and you got to tell the guy running that he needs to get another episode out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I got to talk to that guy. He does yeah, need to get to talk more to stuff guy. going. <laughs> so, you know, I don't care if his wife is pregnant. You know what? Yeah. Priorities. That's right. <laughs> Last thing I'll say for the evenings, I know we got to sign off, but we had the gender reveal yesterday. Of course, we knew a few days before. Uh, my wife and I are expecting a baby boy. Baby boy, Dwaylon. Baby boy, Davis. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And so go check out Intellectual Rockstar. He'll tell you more about it there. Go check out the Cubicle Chat. I did a show today about Guy Fox because yesterday, of course, was the 5th of November. Yep. That was the gunpowder plot. Over in England, they tried to bomb Parliament. It didn't work, mm-hmm. you know, because they caught him. He was in the basement of Parliament mm-hmm. with 36 barrels of gunpowder. Yeah. And he looked up like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, they arrested him. They executed him. And every yeah. year... You know, they, mm-hmm. they celebrate by burning an effigy of him and shooting off fireworks and having bonfires. And when first time when we were there, we had no idea about it. And we're just like, <laughs> why is, you know, everybody having bonfires? Are we like, are they coming after us because we're American? What's going on? <laughs> you know, but then they told me, oh, yeah, that's bonfire night. It's got Fox night. I'm like, do what? 
you know, yeah. but but I speak about it on the cubicle chat. So go check out that one. Go check out all the other podcasts that we've talked about because we are one big happy family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all like to support each other. So, uh, but until we can speak again on Thursday, that's what we plan anyway. That's what we plan. That's what we plan. So, but until, until we speak again, my friend, I got to say good night and God bless. God bless.